November 30, 2018. It's a Wyatt from Pedro's show.
Waffer Pedro show. Ha- happy Friday. It's very different to have a sh- Friday show, but that's the way it ended up. Brother Matt's still up in the desert, so uh, here I'm here in my pad, Pedro. But I am not totally mad alone because of those engineers in Estonia with their incredible Skype invention. I am uh, here with you people alongside uh, in Minneapolis, right? Well, right now I'm actually in, I landed in Austin and I'm heading back to Minneapolis tomorrow from New York. I came in today, but uh, but yeah, I'm on like a 24 hour layover. Well, well his <laughs> hometown, uh, people, his hometown is Minneapolis. This is Dave K. That's correct. Welcome That's aboard, correct. Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Incredible cat, and uh, I'm so grateful to Stevie Bono because a long time listener, but never. And in fact, I think we shared labels for a little while at my uh, last days in Columbia. And I think I we ne- did. Yeah, but I never got to meet you three guys. The people, listeners, they're a trio from Minneapolis, which is a bass, a piano, and a drum. Bad plus. But Dave's got a whole music story of his own, so we're going to get... Dave. Uh, yes. Can you give me <laughs> your earliest musical recollection? I yes I can. Um, ah, before you I, do that, before you do that, okay. <laughs> I should say that we started the show off with John Coltrane doing the Inchworm live at Penn State, nineteen sixty three, and then Dave King with Indelicate, which is probably people opposite of delicate. <laughs> I could that be wrong. I could be wrong. Understand me. <laughs> okay, now bring us that earliest recollection of music, please, Dave. Well, um, my earliest recollection of music was um, hearing um, my dad's jazz records and then some some classical music records and then 50s rock and roll music, which my parents used to dance to. And so I started to play the piano based on just hearing the music. I didn't they weren't musicians per se, but we had music in the house and had a piano. And so I um, started taking piano lessons really young and just was really interested in music Ah, really young. I'm curious. I'm curious. So they're listeners. They got a good record collection. Right, they're not, but they're not players; they're listeners. That's that's but right. The, but yeah, but they got a piano in the pad. Why? Excuse me. What, what do they have? A piano. P i a n o. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yes. Why? Why do I they have that in the pad if they ain't players? Cut out for a second. Um, yes, they had a piano. I think. They wanted, you know, I have three brothers, too, that we all started on piano, but I was the only one that continued playing music. Everyone was an enthusiast of music, though, all kinds of music. So I have them to thank for, like, pushing, like, not, you know, derailing my dream to become a musician. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, that's a life that you can do, but it was definitely encouraged to study music if if I could and and to learn about it and and listen to as much as I could. Sure, sure, but... I still am curious. Why did they have a piano in the pad when they didn't play? Oh well, my mother, my mother played some piano, so oh, that, okay, that doesn't. Okay, okay. It was more like they're not. I kind of was saying they're they're not really like professional musicians or people that had aspirations to sure, sure. Uh, creative careers or anything like that. But they were. My mother was a teacher, and, and and I just think they were interested in you know just having the music in the house, and she played some piano. So okay. that's what it was. She she so so they she wasn't just a strictly listener. She was also a player. Now yeah, I want to ask you because it's it's trippy, but uh, you know guitar, flute, all the fucking instruments. But for some reason, 
Piano's got the stigma of the weird teachers. <laughs> no, I've had so many people on the show. They they almost hate for music because of bad young piano experience. <laughs> I agree with, with I teachers. Now I think there's. I've had other guests. I've had other guests. They had beautiful teachers, and it made them, you know, soar like an eagle. Yeah. So, t- uh, uh, tell me about your experience. I think I had probably the latter. I didn't, I, I, you know, the people that were sort of like, you know, the, the, the every Thursday after school, I have my piano lesson. I definitely had to find the passion for it on my own, which I actually am really thankful for. You know, I, I became much more self-taught and I don't read music well, so I was able to use my ears really well yeah. and I would, for, I would pretend to read the music. It's a classic story of people don't read music very well. I just would pretend and memorize it very quickly okay. and have them play it. So I had the old school kind of teachers that just, you know, it wasn't like they were exuding. They weren't mean or anything. I mean, I had one or two that might have been a little bit stern, but it was. It, I can hear you 100 percent that the, the dream gets killed by <laughs> burned out piano teachers more often than not. Absolutely, <laughs> maybe that's absolutely. why I switched to drum. Maybe it's something deep in the recesses of my mind. I switched to drums for that reason. I guess maybe. Oh, you went to drums. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm 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 a drummer, so I mean, I I you know, I by the time like Well, you, you know, know school, you, you know, I'm, I think in the old days, piano was with the guitar and the bass in the rhythm section cuz it is kind of percussive. Correct. It is kind of percussive. Absolutely. Cuz right you're, your right. fingers, you're like hitting the keys. Yeah. Well, if you, if you ask me, if you want my opinion, everything is fucking yeah. drums. And that's why they always make drummers look like they're retarded because they actually have all the power. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. It's, def- it's definitely based on insecurity, Mike. They they don't know how to deal with the power exactly. And in fact, this um, is why, and this is one big mistake we did in the Minutemen. George Hurley should have never been in the back. He should have been way up front. And that's the way I do my drummers now. They're always up front. You know, I talk on stage. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I you know, in jazz too, you get to be sometimes on the side. You know, when we set up. It's definitely not the ba- drums in the back. You know, it's it's kind of a front line of drums, bass, and piano. Well, Max so. Roach. Every time I saw Max Roach, he always had a line, and he was yeah. on one end. Also, I loved his countenance, and <laughs> that was his countenance, and. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's a carnal. Definitely testing whether or not people knew what they knew, were doing. Yeah, right. right. And I, look, I saw uh, John Coltrane's son, Ravi, play with him. I saw Delfeo do a bone with him when they were younger. And, and, and when he did his solos, it was always just on the hi-hat. Well, I shouldn't say yeah. just the hi-hat because he also used the stand. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he's from an era where the hi-hat was, you know, that that era, which I think isn't done as much anymore, is just like dealing with every sound on a small little bebop kit, and and everyone was dealing with a hi-hat and hi-hat stand, and the bottom symbol of the hi-hat, see all that footage now of Max and and all the drummers. Well, the hi-hat is an innovation, because at first it's called the sock symbol, right? It's down, you really, you only played it with a pedal. That's correct. I I read that Miles Davis lost his voice yelling at Philly... Uh, Joe Jones, <laughs> how do I, we're, we're, they call it the sock symbol? That's right. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yes, it was a sock symbol, and it just used to beat on like one, two, three, four, and then it moved to like two and four, just keeping time. Or, or at the yeah. end, da, da, bo, ba, do, bo, <laughs> right, right, that, that 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 fucking thing. That was a sock symbol, and then somebody thought of let's elevate it so you can use the sticks on it. 
That's right. I don't know who did that at first, but it was definitely... No, I've had my buddy Larry Mullins. I've asked about this. The, the whole idea of the trap kit, he said, was developed in New Orleans. And he told Absolutely. me, actually, the Toms was kind of a China thing. And gone. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chinese box drums. Yeah, I, I get that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that was, you know, the drum set is definitely one of those, like, or, like organic inventions of so many cultures coming together and yeah, sticking yeah. things together. Military drums. Yeah. And it's almost the original one-man band vibe, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's really a trip. It's really a trip Absolutely. how that came together. Uh, and it's, a, it, it's ubiquitous now, but it really came out of, you know, all kinds of trips. And it was uh, uh, doing, uh, knowing by doing. That's exactly okay. right. And Let that's, me ask you some more questions when you were uh, earlier on your music journey. What was the first record you bought for yourself, Dave? Man, I'm so glad you asked this, Mike. I have the answer ready because somebody asked me this. Uh, just a friend of mine asked me this out of curiosity a few days ago, and I remembered it very well. Um, my, my older brother, who hit me to a lot of like 70s, um, like things like Black Sabbath and things like that, um, it was credited as me kind of getting like, oh, I got, I want to get a record myself, you know. And he had all these records, and and my mother took me to. Montgomery Ward's this stupid little store in in Minneapolis, and it was like no, late I know at night. about Monkey Ward. They're all over the country. Yeah, they're and they're kind of gone now. But it was yeah, like a, yeah. you know when you get LPs in a department store, sure, as you remember. And and I uh, was like, hey, I, I want a record, and I was really like hurt that he had these records, and I and she she was like, okay, I'll get you a record because you know you've been practicing and doing whatever. And I went to the record store, and I didn't really know what to do. I was about seven years old. Yeah. And I was like, what do I – and I just looked down and grabbed it, and I remembered. I didn't even know what it was. I just grabbed the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Oh, That's wow. For- so Bee Gees. <laughs> the Bee Gees. That's where I credit my pocket, man. I've got that Bee Gees pocket, Mike. Yeah. You can hear it everywhere. And great singers. Uh, great, great, great group. <laughs> really good group. Great, and, great and that movie was great. a trip, too. The whole thing was a trip. It was. Yeah, it was because I had babysitters were all into that shit when I was. <laughs> well, there's this guy, right? This guy. And, you know, if I can't be anything, at least let me be a dancer. Exactly. I love that idea. Exactly. You know? It's kind of a great story. Yeah, it really is. And the, music to to- and the music totally goes with it. I mean, it's fucking yeah. righteous. Uh, what, what was the it first is. gig you saw, Dave? First gig I saw. Nah, let me think about that. It might have been, um, might have been like a, a bunch of old, older jazz musician gigs around town. The, but one of the gigs that stood out for me that I saw is that I saw Tony Williams play ah, when I was about fifteen. Yeah, I saw Tony play in a small club in Minneapolis called the Artist Quarter, which is now gone. When I was about fourteen years old, and it was like, uh, you know, like a heat-seeking missile. I mean, it was just a life-changing, you know, in a small room and Tony Williams blasting. It was very heavy, so that would I, I count that as one of my probably my first like seminal show of like seeing some real like a next level art, you know. We lost Tony way too soon. Totally. I think it was some kind of weird gallbladder operation or some shit. Maybe fifty. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nels Klein. So young. Nels Klein loved Tony. So, and uh, yes. little man, but Miles starts playing with him when he's what seventeen. In fact, what yeah. I read in the Miles Quincy Troop book. He turns Miles on to Archie Shep, uh, Ornette yeah. Coleman, yeah, all this stuff. 
That's yeah, but the, I think he did. I think, he, I think Miles, one of Miles' gifts was having, you know, like younger cats around him. Absolutely. You know, like him kind of shepherding them and leading. I mean, he's such a brilliant leader, but then letting them do their thing. And, they, did, you know, Tony was too young to know what he was doing wrong, quote unquote. Right, so, right. I mean, he just reinvented the whole thing. Miles was the nurturer of that for sure. What What was his band? Life? Lifeboat? Life? Lifehouse? Lifetime. 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 That's it. Yep. Great band. Man, what Lifeboat. Up? I might have to take that name for myself. Yeah, yeah I'll take Lifeboat. What a, what a bitch. You got Tugboat. I'll take Lifeboat. You know what? I want to play here, uh, Fem, <laughs> this kind of uh, classical thing, right? E2. Yeah, this is a this is a piece um, we did. It's it's by um, the Ukrainian, I believe he's Ukrainian, the composer uh, Georgi Ligeti. Um, I might be wrong about his origins, but I'm a huge fan of his 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 work. And um, we did we did this piece called Fem, F-E-M. Hi. And uh, it's a piano etude that we converted to drums, piano, and bass. Sometimes we've delved into contemporary classical music alongside of all of our original music. This is the Bad Plus now yeah. from a record called For All I Care, which is from like 2007, I think. Okay, let's listen.
I grew like 
collaboration we should be, you and I, together. No. No, 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 no. no, no.
for Pedro Show. Yeah, that was the bad plus with Femme, Etude number eight. And might have Ukrainian or- origins. We don't know for sure. Then we had Dietrich and Barnes with what? The Father Figures, brand new. Uh, Kenny Bogle. New Hard Folk with mo- Moon Bikes. Uh, Field Specters out of Oklahoma City with Brain Zaps. Stoma from Rotterdam, Holland. Black Magic. Dustin Wong with Night Drive with Shaman Bamboo. And then finally, Dave King with a new stain. That's right. Okay, so you get on the drums. Now, what about school? Did you play, did you have music in school like choir or uh, uh, the marching band or the jazz band or the. Yeah, I did like the concert band scene. Uh, by the way, Ligeti is Hungarian. I just looked it up. <laughs> I wanted to make sure you got the right. Okay, credit. not it's Ukrainian Austria. people. It's Hungarian. Yep, he is. So um, they're close. I, I they ain't too that, far away. That's not that far. I mean, they're, they're, there's a there's a soulful bunch of composers from you, the Ukraine as well. You yeah, know, absolutely. They, you know, you never know. Um, I was in. Um, uh, you know, just the regular school bands. I never went to any special programs. And then in in no, but in, Dave, in, but Dave, what you play? What you play in this at school? I, drums in the school band, and then I did sing in the choir some, and then drums in the school band. Then in high school, I was in the jazz band for a little bit, and I ended up doing some jazz band stuff outside of high school, dealing with my. I had a teacher, and then I got in some little ensembles at the school I was taking drums from during high school. What about so this I trip, did, Dave? Uh, where what's that? After, what about this trip? Where after school? In the ba- uh, bedroom or cellar or garage, you play with some buddies. Absolutely, always garage bands. Okay, tell me about that. I got tell me about that. Yeah, well, like my older brother, um, it was, had friends that were into in music, and a lot of them just played a lot of kind of seventies metal or hard rock, and and so in the garage we would just play, you know, get together with anybody that could had an instrument. The classic kind of garage band. It didn't really matter who who could, you know, how much anybody's aptitude was. Yeah, right. And so we play like Paranoid and <laughs> things like that Let's in the garage. Yeah. And, and hey, what, what do you think of Bill Ward? I I think Bill Ward I'm, is an incredible oh, drummer. Absolutely incredible. Well, and I also when I'm Jimmy talking Adams. about, uh, hear me out on this lyrical. Sure. Absolutely, very lyrical. Very right? very. He phrases. He phrases right. Absolutely, total phrases, very complicated. And I think he had some kind of jazz influence or something because it ain't the fucking oompa. You know, the guy, there's a swing. <laughs> no, there's a fucking swing going. Is you're right, Mike. I think a lot of those guys from that era, you know, when they were kids, they had a teacher that was you know, from a jazz era, you know, if they were the 50s and 60s when they were kids. You know, the teacher's probably hipping them to stuff and it can, and it's in their playing. You know, Ian Pace from Deep Purple, you know, uh, all yeah, these guys good. that. Left hander, right? Absolutely. Uh, and so, Bill, here, here, you know, we were talking about Max Roach. When I hear Max Roach drum kit, we were talking trap sets too, right? Really tight toms. These guys, Bill Ward, very loose toms, very tune them way down. Yeah, they did. I mean, I suppose that was like them experimenting with the music, and then of course Bonham, you know, having the seismic weight he did. You know, I think that. I think it maybe was like the sound of the day. I just love also though. Then you have something like Back in Black, where the you know you have Phil Rudd or whatever, and it's just so tight and like um, yeah, no good. ringing in the toms, no ringing in the snare. Almost like 1980 when it came out, like that kind of snare sound made its way into hard rock as well. Dave, you know, can you I know, ask you? Dave, era. can I ask you about a snare sound? 
Sure. Slider. I think his name was Bill Curry, T-Rex. Yes. Yes. Is that the most bitching fucking snares? It's incredible. It's, it's so like fucking tuned, fat. low and fat. Yeah, exactly. Tuned low and super fat. But still, and you can I'm, hear the wires. Absolutely. It's like it's like a, the thud. It's like closing the door of a Mercedes or something. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I think it's Tony Viscani. I think it's a bass man who produced that. But it's Absolutely. such a good fucking sound. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, it is. Uh, I mean, the Paranoid album with Bill Ward. Oh, my God. All the phrasing. All the parts. Absolutely. Very, very lyrical. Okay. Tell me about the first gig you did. The first gig I did, I remember that as well. I played, and I, this is a funny story. Okay, I'll do it quick, Mike. Um, I, I had my friends and I were asked if we could provide entertainment for an all-night event that was happening at a church. <laughs> And I was in seven, exactly. And I was in seven. We were like, okay, well, we had this rock, we had this rock band, and we were like, okay, we can do it. And they do where they weren't checking with the repertoire or anything. It was like a, the kids are going to have an all nighter. It's everyone's twelve, thirteen years old, and the band's going to play, and you know it's going to be hip. And so we went in and we played, and we were playing, and we played. Um, I remember that we played Cocaine, and and the and the minister storm, <laughs> right? JJ Kale. <laughs> Well, Clapton. Oh yeah, yeah. Clapton, uh, yeah. Okay, cover. Yeah. And the and the yeah, but that was way up for Mike. And uh, that's so funny. And um and this the minister kind of like called us aside and was like, wait a minute, what what is this song? <laughs> it was one of the classic stories of like bringing bringing that level of dark rock and roll into the church. So I actually lived it. I lived it, Mike. You lived it. And but also like Ishmael, you lived to tell the tale. I did. I did so far, Mark. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Call me Ishmael. You know, call me Dave King. Exactly. Okay, exactly. that's bitching. Okay, now after after high school, did you go to college to uh, learn music? I did not. Okay. I um I moved, I moved to New York quickly out of high school, and I pounded around for a little under a year, and then I actually moved out west to to Los Angeles, where I lived a lot of the '90s, playing a lot of different music. That's actually where I met Nels Klein. You mentioned Nels earlier. I know Nels pretty well. I actually played played with him this summer. I used to go to his jam sessions at the Alligator Lounge right. in LA. New Music Monday. Monday. New Music Monday. And so you know, I I spent a lot of time out there before before um. Uh, I was going to move back to New York, and then I end up moving to Minneapolis and and kind of bombing New York from the outside. But you know, so you know, you know, Nels Klein lives in New York City now. Oh yeah, I, 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 to I, him I, it's I, a dream I, because he tried to get free jazz happening here. Him and his brother Alex, he's got a twin brother. Yep, who's a drummer? Absolutely, a lot of symbols, yep. a lot of symbols. But anyway, a lot of symbols. They Alex they they worked for years trying. In fact, Alex still is trying to make free jazz happening. In SoCal, and it didn't work. So he moves to New York right. City and marries a Yuka Honda, and he yep. is totally hooked in with free jazz. Yeah. So even he though is. he ain't got the weather, he's got the fucking vibe. That's <laughs> <laughs> correct, Mike. That's genius. He absolutely does. <laughs> he's a beautiful man. That that cat has yeah. helped me so many times. You don't know, Dave. I owe him buttloads. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great dude. He really is. Generous, you know. He's a cat. It's not about the coin, you know. It's about the fucking art. I love him. I I just love him. You're right. Absolutely. And he's bringing such a heavy thing to Wilco the last many years. Well, I was going to just say, uh, Mr. Tweedy, Mr. Tweedy kind of 
subsidizes. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about the coin. <laughs> and he can play his fucking freak flag fly. No, I, I love it's Jeff Tweedy tweet for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Look, we're at the end of the first hour. November 30, last day of November, 2018. Edition Wap Peter Show special guest, Dave King. Hold tight for hour two. November 30, 2018, it's the second hour of the Bot Pedro Show.
Cross great travails and contest, great contest. Blood cells fought for your very life. Didn't know you would be delivered from death's door, still foot-stomping, raving about getting on with things, to be destroyed or not to be destroyed. That is death, beyond death the question. You make a good choice here. And being a rescue doggy and all, sure to have caught all our hearts. And what a lucky specimen, self-outward and projecting, ready to heal and move forward. Hello, miracle man. I would not say you got by on the minimal, but boy, you really did come back. Let's hope and pray for no more cancerous cells, that ye be bold and healthy, live that life of yours, rebuild heaven from inside, cross more great ways with hope for the hereafter, leave a good legacy. Until now, let's hope you conquered. I want to be the first to welcome my hero.
Why for Pedro Show started the second hour off with Big Eater from the Bad Plus. You got something to say about that too? Yeah, that was um, that's the first tune on a record of ours called "These Are the Vistas" from 2003. That's on Columbia, your former label. We right. did three records for, and uh, that that record was recorded. I was 14 by years on Columbia. Yeah, you were absolutely. Yeah. I was. I made it. I made it about four, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe three. <laughs> Jazz record release schedule goes quick, Mike. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a Minutemen tune. It's the same exact concept. <laughs> they just release records like bam, bam, bam. Then you're done. You're dropped. That's how they do it. In and out. Um, I, I, um, I, yeah. That I, I love that track. That was written by the bassist Reed Anderson in the band, and and I, I've always liked that track. That record was recorded by Chad Blake, a great engineer who was oh, yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah, much respect, Chad Blake. Yeah, incredible, incredible engineer. He did three records of ours. The three on Columbia, Chad actually recorded. Oh, bitch. So it was, yeah, super, super amazing guy. Yeah, I have, yeah big respect from what. Uh, then we heard yeah. uh, Ondine from Tashiwada and Yoshiwada. That's father-son thing in France. I think drummer man, uh, this guy, Jeremy. Yeah, he just, he played on the, uh, with Carla Boslich. She turned me on to him. Then we had Joe Brewer from uh, Madison doing Cross, Round Eye, Shanghai Band, but uh, Lowai, uh, Lowai uh, Foreigners guys uh, doing uh, Jangling Cowboy. Uh, from Turkey, uh, Kunyit Septichi, I'm sorry, uh, with uh, Sebastian. And then uh, Croatia, Troba Kova Kushna Pesi. With Armia, and finally, Happy Apple, 1996 AD. Happy Apple. Yes. Explain. Yeah, Happy Apples, but was is a band of mine that's been together for uh, 22 years, Whoa. and uh, <laughs> it's a saxophone and electric bass and drums uh, group. Ah, like the bazooka. It's, it's actually a band that's based in New York City. Always has people. The two other guys are originally from Minneapolis, but that's a New York City-based band. The reason why I say it is because Happy Apple is my group that's based in Minneapolis, and has put out you know ten records over the years and still is still going. And and that's a track from 2007, I believe, called 1996 AD. Off a record called Back on Top. Did you know uh, Bazooka? The bazooka was, uh, I think they're from Orange County. It got Vince Maroney, and they were sax, drum, bass. Oh, cool. I did and not know that. came out of this no. band called El Grupo Saxo. And Vince Maroney, he, he's helped me with a lot of projects. He can do uh, alto and tenor and really good on harmonica and, and flute. We just did something called Tone Scientists. We fucking muscled up some good flute stuff. and Yeah, the, the, the idea of the, you know, trio... You're, I think you're attracted to that, right? I am. Yeah, I, I am. I am. I am just like There's you. There's more room in the boat, but what, what 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 makes you like it? Well, one thing that makes sense about it to me is that you know if you're playing, you know if you if the drums can be played, you know with mo- melody in mind as well, and you know more complicated rhythms, the more space you have to kind of express those things. Okay. You know, for me, I'm really attracted to that space. It's not so much about playing a lot all the time or overplaying or anything. It's much more about how you can affect 
you know, the, the counterpoint of the music with the drums. In trios, you know, I've, I've just always found that there's a way to kind of have dialogues with improvising with the musicians. Of course, I play in quartets, too, and I have a quintet called the Dave King Trucking Company. I think we're going to play a song for yeah, that later. Right. But, right. but I do love trios, and I do really feel at home with that sort of, you know, that sort of triangular crossfire, if you, you will. You know about like, Money Jungle? Oh, of course. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my absolute favorite records of all time. Fucking wild, incredible. huh? Fucking that wild. That is an incredible, very mysterious record. Unbelievable. <laughs> People, I ain't going to explain any more about it, but it's bad. You should check it out. Here, I want to play here uh, the Gang Font. Gang Font has Greg Norton. Yes, it does. How'd that happen? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Greg um, is as you uh, obviously. I know you and Greg are friends, and, and me and Deepo put back out the first Husker Du album, nineteen eighty one, Land Speed Record. Land Speed Record, incredible New album. Alliance Records. Me, that's right. Me being from Minneapolis, of course, the, it, it goes no further. You know, to say that it, it goes without saying. I should say that Husker Du were were hugely important, not only in American music but to the Minneapolis scene. And so, uh, about ten years ago. A little over ten years ago, Greg showed up at a at a Bad Plus show. It turned out he was a fan, and he came back. He came and and said hello to me, and I and he was introducing himself, and it was so funny. He's so uh, very instantly recognizable oh, with yeah. his mustache that has never changed. Up, sporting Greg Norton. Exactly. He just he looks exactly the same, <laughs> minus maybe the minus maybe the short shorts. Anyway, he. Um, <laughs> And I interrupted him. And I just said, "Come on now, don't don't introduce yourself to me." And we were really honored that he was there. And and I ended up um, getting to know him over a year or so because he was uh, he had a great restaurant. He's a great chef, right? And he had a restaurant at the time. And I went there a few times, and we started talking about playing. And he said he hadn't played in a long time. I said, "That's a shame. You know, you're such an interesting musician, and he's coming from so many different places musically. He's got so much." He's got so much varied tastes in music. He really knows a lot of music. Yep. And so we ended up forming a group together with the with the with the bassist of Happy Apple plays guitar in the Gang Fund, an incredible guitar player, bassist named Eric Fratsky. Okay. And then on the first record is the keyboardist Craig Taborn, who I think you had a conversation oh, with. Oh yeah, once absolutely. Before. Great cat. And so Craig, yeah, Craig's great. I play in a couple groups of his. In fact, I'm, I'm actually feeling bummed that I didn't include a Craig Taborn track from a few of the records I've done with Craig of his own music on on my show here. But, um, so Greg and I and, and Eric and Craig made this record called Featuring Interloper for the um, Thirsty Ear label, which is an avant-garde music label out of New York. Yeah, great. And it was a great experience. And then we made a follow-up record uh, that has not been released yet. Or uh, hopefully it'll be released sometime soon. But we've well, had. Not, you can always float to me, and I'll play it on the Watt from Pedro show. Let, let's listen to a chance to, to play across the shadows. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because I'll play it, man. I, 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 Gang Fun is a trippy band. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad into you like it. it. Yeah, I'm that, into it. I, thanks, Mike. I know. I told Greg I was going to be on your show. He was really happy and told me to tell you a big hello and you know love you. Know, you I played. You know I, I played with him last year with Grant. Last time I saw Grant, it's incredible, man. He was playing with these guys. Well, Grant was by himself, but Greg was playing with these Wisconsin guys called Porcupine. That's right. That's right. He has a band called Porcupine too. It's just his newer project. The last few years.
I'm doing it, are you? Good. I'm glad you called. Me too. I'm glad I finally found your number. Me too. You know, you're the only one I can talk to. I know that's silly. You'll be the same person. Of course that's true. I just wanted to call and say goodnight. I'm gonna hang up now, okay? All right. Have a good night.
Why for Pedro Show? Yeah. A chance to play Across the Shadows, the gang font. And after that, we had the Healers from Illinois doing Deep Freeze Part 2. They probably are in the Deep Freeze. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect, because big love for the whole country. Uh, bullets or Balloons, I've, uh, what's the endearment? Uh, Spokanistan. Spokane. Uh, jungle so Fever. <laughs> they also call it Me- uh, Methlehem. <laughs> well, you know that's why you tour, right? You got to find this shit out. They going tell you. Oh. And Patrick Grant with uh, Ashike Oblique, the, the anthem, and Talma Madonna. Uh, what kind of nonsense does it make? And finally, Dave King with Lonely Town. Tell me about Lonely oh, cool. Town. I'll play Lonely Town. Okay, cool. This is an unreleased track of a record that I made with a singer, a great singer named Andrew Wallish, who's kind of coming out of an old school crooner, almost Sinatra style, but he's way weirder and really idiosyncratic, interesting musician. And I made this record that's going to come out this in 2019. 
And that's a beautiful old tune called Lonely Town, and that's Chris Speed on saxophone and a bassist named Josh Gronowski playing an old gut string upright. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Andrew Wallace playing piano and singing. And it's definitely got, it echoes Chad Blake in the production. It's got a big, you know, the, the big echo in the, in the sure. voice. And, yeah. uh, and so it's a really interesting record that I hopefully will find a home for in 2019. Okay. But thank you for playing that track. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And I'm into idiosyncratics. You know, Raymond Pettibone, he'd bring me to see little Jimmy Scott, Ema Sumac, uh, uh, Bly Now Hibbler. I mean, the, the whole so, thing about having character, pers- pers- personality, not being generic. Not, absolutely. No, no Marlon Blando, you know. <laughs> we want Marlon. That's exactly right. We want Brando. We don't want Blando. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, what are they called? They're called like stylists. But man, isn't that what fucking art is about? Absolutely. I mean, look at Pettibone. I mean, come on. Right. The fact that you're, so we're talking that, about I mean, signature, right? Yeah, he's not really doing uh, a, a, a Roy Lichtenstein kind of uh, cookie cutter Xerox. It's completely I mean, original. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, like, we, we start with something. Absolutely. Like, everybody starts with dough, but then how, how are you going to bake that pie? How are you going to make that cake? How are you going to... That loaf of bread, you know? All from the same dough, right? But that's where I think... Well, what do you... What do you uh, expression. That's right. It's not... You know, you know we, we, we like to say keep it real, but actually art, I think, is to tr- transcend some realities. Absolutely. Okay. That's it. That's like the, John Fogarty. John Fogarty was born on a very northwest bayou. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the second hour, November 30, 2018. Dishwap Show special guest Dave King. Hold tight for hour three. November 30, 2018. It's the third hour of the Walk for Pedro Show.
Watford Pedro Show. We started the third hour hour off with a takedown from the speech, uh, Chris Speed Trio. Uh, Dave, tell us. Yep, that's a, a tune called Takedown, as you said, by Chris Speed, an incredible saxophonist that's been based in New York since the early 90s, a musician I play with qu- quite a bit. And that's his record, Really Okay, from about five years ago. And um, we made a second record called Platinum on Tap a few years ago. And then we just actually recorded his third record yesterday in New York, jazz style, do it in one day. And I love that tune. That's why I wanted you to play it. And he's one of my favorite, if not my favorite, tenor saxophonists in the world. Incredible musician. Yeah. Wow, the tenor. You know, uh, I think it's Selma, right? Mark Six. That's That's what Brother Brother Steve played in uh, The Stooges. And that's what John Coltrane played. But John Coltrane started with the tenor. I think it was uh, Cleanhead Vincent that said, no, you should move. He went from alto. But, I, I you know, uh, a guy I was checking out on alto, Kaoru, no, Kaoru Abe, early 70s, Japan. Uh, maybe, wow. uh, yeah, Jim O'Rourke t- turned me on to this guy. Pretty wild. Uh, after after a Chris Bead trio, we had Koank doing Mizulu, then uh, Son uh, Moy from Chaz Budnick meets the Matson. Number two, still house plants, still house plants out of Glasgow with uh, Koi, uh, Dragon Blue. Yeah, that's Tenko, huh? In Tokyo, I think she was married to Fred Frith for a while. It was Stay Child, and then the Bad Plus with Hurricane Birds. Hurricane Birds. Yeah, that's a new. Uh, that's off our new record, our latest record. You know, and actually, it should be said that a year and a half ago. We had a lineup change for the first time in 18 years. Whoa. So we have a pianist named Oren Evans, incredible pianist you heard on that track. Yeah. And that record came out, the record's called Never Stop 2, and that came out um, last January, and we've been touring on it all year, and that's a great tune by, again, the bassist Reed Anderson, incredible composer, and that's, yeah, Hurricane Birds, wonderful, wonderful tune. I love that one. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Fucking ass kicker. You know, how did, how did the Bad Plus come together? Well, it's it's a, it's a cool story. We, we we actually grew up. The original member, the original pianist, Ethan Iverson, uh, uh, and the bassist Reed Anderson, and I kind of grew up in the same area around Minneapolis. Ethan, actually, Ethan is from a little town in Wisconsin, which is near Minneapolis. But Reed and I grew up in Minneapolis and actually met when we were about fourteen and started playing together then. So we've been playing together for over thirty-five years, and so we. Um, we ended up, you know, going separate ways for a while when I moved to LA and out east, and then he moved to New York. What, what, what part of LA? Uh, what part of LA did you live in? So- I lived for in a couple different areas. I lived in North Hollywood for a while. This is in the nineteen ninety until about ninety seven. Valley, um, ninety six around there. Yep, it was Valley, and then I, for a while in um, in um, for a moment in, in in Santa Monica. I was just it was like you know trying to find someplace affordable was. <laughs> Those, the, but both those neighborhoods ain't really affordable. <laughs> right. Especially now. I mean, the, the, you should have came to Pedro, Dave. I was a Van Nuys dude. How about that? Well, Van Nuys, that's Valley, too. That's West Valley. Absolutely, absolutely. And so that's where Kate uh, first looked. Look, I want to play the song, I Will Live Next to the Wrecking Yard. Tell um, us about that's, that one. That's my, that's my band, the, the, the Dave King Trucking Company. Right. Which all features Chris Speed and Eric Fratsky in it, and a saxophone, another saxophone named Brandon Wozniak, and a bass player on that track named Adam Linz, and it's a record called Adopted Highway from a few years ago. So, okay. yeah. Let's listen. Yeah. 
king wearing and then shy they don't meet yeah so this we we call crown shyness it been formed by the borneo camphor tree so this happen naturally so the best scientific explanation so far is that the leaf they produces gas ethanol yeah? it produces gas ethanol so the other leaf from the other tree won't come in So this is the tree where you get your big vapor up, your tiger bark, the leaf of the tree is the one that they extract.
What, for Pedro Show? Yeah, that was Dave King Trucking Company doing I Will Live Next to the Wrecking Yard. That's such a trippy title. <laughs> it's like, because yeah, some dudes know. is like, I don't want to live next to the wrecking <laughs> yard. But you know what reminds me of is when I visited in Camden, New Jersey, Walt Whitman's pad, the, the house he built uh, there was right next to the rail yard. And they said he did. He liked it. He liked to hear the trains banging. You know when they hook a couple, bang uh, against each other. So the they, they hook up. He liked that sound. Yeah, yeah exactly. Was, it's like, it was a it's almost like a declaring that you'll declaring you'll go someplace others don't want to go. Maybe that's maybe what it is. Okay, it was a really trippy <laughs> experience to me uh, for me too, Dave, because the 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 ranger park ranger, you know, with the smoky bear hat, he looked really square, John, right? But. He's really into Walt Whitman. And then when we're going to go upstairs to where he conked, Walt Whitman used to conk, the bedroom, the ranger looks at me, he goes, look, when you go up these stairs, I want you to grip hard on the handrail. I said, yeah? He said, yeah, because Walt Whitman's DNA is in there. Like he oh, wanted, wow. He wasn't a square, John. Don't ever wow. let looks uh, convince you of a person. Yeah. This wow. is what this guy told me. He looked me square in the eyes, and you grip it hard because I know Walt Whitman's DNA is in there. So he wanted it to oh. go into my palm. Be- beautiful That's man. So cool. That's yeah, very, very cool. That's very cool. cool. Uh, th- we had Emmy Apps doing uh, Talk to Lion, then The Stand, Broken Promises, Chronic Anxiety, Interlude, Remorse Code with Sudden Conscious, and finally another Dave King Truck and Company tune, Parallel Sister. Tell us about that one. Well, uh, that's uh, a song off of a, a record from the Dave King Trucking Company, like you said, a record called Surrounded by the Night, which came out about three years ago. It's the latest one. And, um, yeah, that's a twisty, turning, lots of odd times, but but always trying to do it with a musical sense and kind of a throwing down sense, nothing too carefully played, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. There is a weird kind of fucking stigma or mindset about drummer men, drummer ladies, whatever, st- stick people. That they are kind of retarded. What? What was that fucking about? <laughs> well, Mike, I mean, all I can say is, is that um, you know, the music you're playing of mine, um, I, 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 I'm gonna say it's not easy to do. So, I mean, you know, I'll put it out there if anybody wants to try it at home. <laughs> the point I was trying to get you know, at, though, you know, the- drummer, drummers, you th- you said it best. It's a threatening instrument because you know that's what makes or breaks the band. Everybody knows it. So, well, definitely, you know, it's the heart, huh? It's the heart, right? Yeah. And but what, what, what about uh, what you're doing, though, Dave? Is sort of like what Dave grow this idea of drummer men leading the band. That's right. I love this. Absolutely. You know, you know, uh, Nils Klein. We were talking about. He told me about this big bledge with Chico Hamilton, where he tried to have song credits and ple- 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 uh, a downbeat or whatever uh, people authority some. Drummers can't have songwriting credit, and I've run into this kind of bigotry too with bass guitar. They're just bass lines. You don't, you're not writing songs. Exactly. Isn't that yeah. fucking stupid? It's, it's completely ridiculous. Exactly. Some of the, I mean, it's just the idea that you you can't be a composer if you're playing those instruments is completely ridiculous. Yeah. Right. Right. So, what you're doing, Dave, 
in my opinion, is really important. And well, I want you, you to Mike. fucking keep on keeping it on. Oh, man. Mike, it's a great, truly a great thing for me to get to talk with you. I really appreciate it. And, you know, and it uh, means a lot to me. I really appreciate you having me on. I really do. No problem. Like I said, it's part of the debt I owe to the fucking movement. Let's <laughs> talk about the future. What are your future plans, Dave? Um, I'm on the road quite a bit. I've got a lot of stuff going on in 2019 and got a few records coming out. That Andrew Wallace record will hopefully come out. New Bad Plus will be recorded. Um, made a few other records. Made a new one with Craig Taborn and Reed Anderson called Golden Valley Is Now that will be coming out. More of like a avant-garde electronic record. So I'm always just trying to put it out there. I don't know. You know, I'm just no, I don't know any other way. So that's what I'm doing. Where can people find you on the Internet, Dave? Um, I have a, I guess I have a website. It's called DaveKing.net, and I have. Um, That's D A V E K I N G dot N E T. N E T. That's it. And then I have, you know, I, I, there's stuff for me out there. I'm sure you can find if you're looking. Okay, what about a young person, or younger, more younger, right? Because we got rid of the old word. There's just more young and less young. That's right. Out, right. Okay, a more younger person comes up to you, Dave, and says, hey, can you give me some advice about this racket? That's a great question, and all I can say is, is that, you know, um, try your best, if, even if this sounds like a little bit self-helpy, but try, try your best to just not give up. It's, it can get easy to give up sometimes because it can be difficult, and I just think that it might be worth just pushing through the harder times. You, you never know what you might develop, even if you're a late bloomer on your instrument and and because there have been brilliant musicians. That Joe Biza started, you know, Joe Biza, Sacred Trust, started guitar at 27. Exactly. They're brilliant, brilliant late bloomers out there. Use them as your as your guide. You know, you don't Vincent, have to have it all together. I think Vincent only painted the last 10 years of his life. That's exactly. He decided to be, he taught himself how to paint after he was going to be a minister. Yeah, ain't exactly that bitching? Correct. Ain't that bitching? You don't have incredible. to be. You don't have to do the uh, the little kid thing. It's any time no. you want, right? That's that's your advice to people. Absolutely. If you feel Absolutely. it, go. Okay. You can develop at any time. Okay, that's that's really optimistic. That's a really positive uh, message, I think. Because Man, sometimes, uh, no, Dave. Sometimes I feel people. Well, I made it over. You stay back. We no, don't need that, I'm not right? Like that. Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> No. It's been a huge honor to have you aboard, truly, Dave. Big oh, love. Mike, thank you. What? Uh, keep on keeping on. And uh, when your new music comes out, let's talk again, okay? And we'll talk about the new it. records. Okay. Thank you again, buddy. It was really fun to hear you uh, talk so much about the history of all this music. It's killing. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, big welcome. People, November 30, 2018, Dishwap Pedro Show, special guest, Dave King. Keep your powder dry.